You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. A-list blogger Biel Ackman goes on the record. Blog software is far from perfect, which is why I'm saying, you know, you don't just take it out of the, you know, you don't just download it and boom, you're blogging and it, it's good enough to represent your company. And welcome to another episode of On the Record Online. This is the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. We do in-depth, one-on-one interviews with journalists from the mainstream media, as well as, from time to time, discussions with influential bloggers and podcasters about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the mainstream media business as we know it. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman, and I am the founder and president of iPressroom Corporation. We are an interactive marketing communications firm, and we help organizations integrate the web into their marketing and PR initiatives. I am also personally and professionally interested in how technology and the Internet are changing the way organizations communicate and the way people consume media and information. Today we have a one-on-one interview with B.L. Ackman. She maintains the What's Next blog at whatsnextblog.com. She also is a consultant and uh, was uh, instrumental in setting up the Up Your Budget um, viral marketing campaign for Budget Rent-A-Car. And she's going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Some stuff to share. We have... uh, uh, a number of places where you can uh, subscribe to the feed, uh, but uh, probably the easiest place to get it is uh, www.ontherecordpodcast.com. If you have questions or comments or feedback or suggestions for future guests, uh, please uh, um, post those to the blog at www.spinfluencer.com or send me an email to eric at ontherecordpodcast.com. Upcoming episodes. Uh, if you are subscribed to the show, you will receive uh, an ep- upcoming episode with um, Walt Mossberg, the technology uh, reporter with the Wall Street Journal, as well as Ken Ayoletta, the media columnist with the New Yorker magazine. Um, some upcoming dates uh, I want to mention. Uh, the first is uh, we have actually only a couple slots left for the Executive Podcasting Workshop, uh, which is an intensive seminar for non-technical professionals to learn how to podcast from a technical standpoint and a strategic standpoint uh, and a practical standpoint. We're going to be doing that in Los Angeles on February 23rd. It is an all-day uh, uh, workshop. Um, after that, we are going to be at the Newcom Forum uh, moderating a panel called Beyond Print Podcasts and Video Blogging. That's going to be on March 2nd uh, at 1130. And um, we are also going to be, I should say I am, going to be uh, presenting to the Public Relations Society of America's Los Angeles chapter, uh, the Inter-Independent Practitioners Group in particular, 
um, doing an executive's guide to blogging, RSS, tagging, and podcasting. That's going to be March 14th in Los Angeles. And uh, I am also going to be moderating a panel uh, called Podcasts and Vidcasts for Marketing and PR at AdTech San Francisco. That is going to be April 26th, uh, 10.30 uh, a.m., directly following the keynote at Moscone Center in San Francisco. Um, you can get information about any of those uh, um, speaking engagements at uh, www.schwartzmanpr.com. Uh, thanks so much uh, for listening, and uh, we are now going to play for you the interview with B.L. Ackman. Uh, it is, um, as always, uh, entirely on the record online after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. B.L. Ackman, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Now, I read a lot of the articles that you write at uh, What's Next Online and what on the what What's Next blog, and I know that you put out a, an article some time ago that the press release is dead. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. So, and, and I said the traditional press release is dead. And if you read that article, what I said is that because press releases are now read off a screen instead of off a page where you can scan the whole page while you're holding it in your hand, that we need a different format. And I suggested that press releases should not be any longer than 200 words. Having to drink my own Kool-Aid, I changed that to 300 words, but <laughs> 200 words is too hard. What about the role of the newswire? I mean, has that changed? Will it change? What what are your what do you think about it? does the newswire still serve an important purpose for companies that don't have to fulfill regulation FD? Sure, sure. Newswires serve a purpose, no two ways about it. But um, if I want to break news, I'm going to do it on blogs. So let's let's role play for a minute here, because I know you advise a number of blue chip companies on blogging and and social media and social marketing. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm the client and you, you've come in and we're having a, a consultation and I ask you, uh, you know, why should I blog? Why? What would you tell me? A couple of things. Um, well, first of all, the question would be, should you blog? And um, you should only blog if you have something to say uh, that you can sustain on an ongoing basis and if you're willing to say it in such a way that it doesn't sound like every word has been vetted by legal and PR. And, um, you know, you have to be willing to actually engage in a conversation. Um, The question becomes, do you have the time and do you, uh, you know, do you enjoy writing? And um, if the answer to those questions is yes, then we could talk about what you should blog about. Well, let's say I don't like writing and I don't have the time, but I, I, I've been monitoring the blogosphere and I know that there's a conversation going on and I'm concerned about the fact that I'm not participating in it and, and I need help. I mean, what, what could you do? How could you help me? 
uh, well, I mean, in in the case of budget, you know, what what we did was the they came to me and they said we want to do something viral and I said well let's do something fun I mean I don't think it all has to be so serious and um, you know I think ultimately we're still talking about communication when we have fun and and you know they wanted a message that would basically relate to their brand message which is adventure and driving and uh, and fun and and so uh, you know we did something that was blog based but what what I think was significant about it was that there was no press release, there was no link from the corporate website, there was no uh, traditional advertising, there was nothing but blog promotion and blog advertising. And, and the point of that was to do a pure play and to just see, you know, what can this medium do, what does it do? So now when they came to you, they came to you and they said, hey, we know we want to do this, or, or did they come to you and say, hey, we want, to, we want to experiment with blogs? I mean, what was the situation when you arrived? Something viral. We, you know, we'd like to do something with blogs. We'd like to do something viral. What can you do for us? And what was the objective of the campaign? The objective of the campaign was to associate the company with fun to um, you know make the brand appear a little hipper than it may have been perceived before but more than anything else the purpose of it was to create an online community that would be open to further communication from marketing communication from the company and you know we we got uh, a million uniques in four weeks, and there was a double opt-in list of thousands of people who said, you know, many of whom said, you certainly may email me about future promotions. So, um, and and when they said don't, then you know that'll be respected. But you know the real point was to start to create a community. Um, that you could interact with. And if you look at the most successful viral campaigns I've ever seen, they're the ones that are done by JibJab. And, and what JibJab does that's so damn smart is they have a list of 600,000 people who signed up and said, let me know about your next campaign. And so their base for each campaign is bigger and bigger and bigger. So now for those uh, listeners who, d who aren't aware of... Um, how the Up Your Budget campaign worked. Just give us sort of an overview of, of how what the program involved. Okay, basically um, it was a treasure hunt, an online treasure hunt. It took place in 16 cities and four cities each week and what we did was we hid a two-inch sticker somewhere in each of those cities and then every day on the upyourbudget.com blog, which is still online, we had a Blair Witch style 15 second video clue um, beginning on Monday at a budget car rental office that um, showed where the people who were the clue makers who were placing the sticker showed where they went. And it went by really fast and it was blurry and it was, you know, it was kind of hard to follow, but. People are awfully smart, in order, and they found the money in every city. But in order to play the game, you had to register. When you registered, we gave you permission to upload document, you know, uh, post to post to, and to upload photographs, videos to a blog that was called the Treasure Hunters Blog. 
And in order to prove that you won, you had to take a picture or a video of yourself at the place where the sticker was, and you had to be the first person to call the 800 number and say, I'm at this place, and then you had 24 hours to put your evidence online. And um, that, that basically what we did was we took uh, movable type and we expanded it and grew it and, and uh, changed it so that it, it had 2,000 plus authors who were authorized to um, upload information, posts, and, and videos, and so on, to the site. And um, the content was basically generated by the players, and they told these wonderful stories, and they, they used the blog to create this whole community. They teamed up with each other, and they traveled to other cities to try and win the money, and people took Greyhound buses and, and drove all night and you know gave each other advice and tried to figure out like in other cities where the money might be and help each other. This whole community developed that was really very fun. And like any community, some people you know got angry and that they didn't win. And I mean, this this whole little world formed. It was it was absolutely fascinating. Were there were you able to track RSS subscriptions to the blog? No. Was there? It, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, um, it, it's really there's no really accurate way to do that. You know, you you just can't be sure. All I can tell you is about our uniques and be sure about it. And tell me about um, did did the client uh, look to contextualize advertising messages inside of this blog? No, it was simply a branding effort. That's all it was. Um, you know, on the bottom of every page it says budget car rental, but it was not in your face. It was a very subtle branding message. We talked about budget car rental within the uh, the blog. I did a daily clues letter that um, you know gave gave extra clues in addition to the ones that were on the videos and mentioned budget in there, but not in a heavy-handed way. It was very lightly branded. What what we did, though, that drove traffic to the site that um, was very significant was to advertise on blogs, which is an obscenely cheap ad buy at this point in time and a very effective one. And and we drove almost half of our traffic through the the ads on blogs. And uh, can you tell me uh, how how did you decide which blogs to advertise on? Um. Well, some of that um, was with the help of blog ads, but, you know, I'm a blogger. I mean, the point is that, that budget came to a blogger, allowed me to hire other bloggers. I used, uh, I, I got, you know, Hugh McLeod to, to do the cartoons that made the site so much fun and, and, and hired um, Komra Morico from Design for Results to design the blog. And, you know, she's just got wonderful experience doing huge projects of this type and and uh, you know let people who are bloggers who understand blogs go out there and do a blog campaign so I knew what was out there so I then went and said I want indie music blogs I want uh, some uh, you know I, I know blogs with uh, nudity or um, you know uh, profanity I want uh, it was during the World Series so I wanted baseball blogs so I, I wanted technology blogs I wanted you know I knew what I wanted and and um, and I made some buys independent of blog ads and it, it comes from knowing the territory. So um, so in some cases, you made the independent buys on a one-by-one -one basis if you had a relationship mm -hmm. there. But on other instances, you said, hey, this is a category. And then you went to blog ads and you said, 
and, and tell us who blog ads are because I think a lot of people don't know. Blog you said ads is the company that sells advertising on blogs. But, you know, what you need to understand is that I knew what those categories should be. Mm. I went to them and said, what do you have in these categories? I see. And then based on what they had to offer, you made the pick and you uh, sort of put the... I said, the yeah. And there are some others that I think we should be on and, you know, they're not in your network, so I'll go to them independently. What about conventional media? None. No, no conventional advertising at all? No. Um, I mean, frankly, after we created Buzz in the blogs, which we did in the first week, and, and we started viral acceleration, and, you know, we, we really started um, to generate traffic through viral means, once that had happened and once there was something to say, you know, hey, this is going, and sometimes we get 10,000 uniques an hour, at that point, it would have made sense to integrate with conventional marketing. But because we wanted a pure play blog program, we did not. So, you know, it, w it would have made sense at that point. It would have been fine to send out a press release. It would have been fine to, uh, you know, put, put uh, links from the main site. We decided to see how this could play out if we only did blogs. I mean, it sounds like, in many ways, not, not only an interesting campaign, but a dream client. I mean, when, when, you, when you first set out on this uh, initiative with a client, was ROI something that was on the table that would need to be addressed after this thing was done? No, this was a toe in the water. This was something that, you know, um, understand that this whole campaign was done for less than the cost of one thirty-second commercial. So for them, this was a pretty small experiment that they do intend to continue. And, you know, they just said, show us what this thing does. And that's what we did. So, you know, Dream Client, um, it was a good client, a very adventurous client. And, um, uh, you know... Uh, something that that was very fun for me to work on. Bia, when you are consulting with corporations who want to figure out how to do a blog, how to how to incorporate blogging into the marketing mix, uh, you know, what do you tell them? I mean, how do you how do you sort of help them figure out the best strategy for doing that? Well, I talk a lot of people out of blogging because I think a lot of people shouldn't, a lot of companies shouldn't be blogging. But, um, you know, the question is, how open do you want to be? You know, what, what do you want to communicate that you can't communicate with the conventional means that you now have? And, so, so let's role play you know, it, and I'll, I'll answer. Let's role play okay. it, okay? So what I want to communicate is I feel like... Uh, I, I'm getting out there with the press releases, I'm getting out there with conventional marketing, but I go to Technorati, I go to Google Blog Search, and I see things are being said about me. In some cases, they're not true, and I want to be able to participate in that conversation and set the record straight. Then you should go uh, out into blogs, and you should really uh, participate in the conversation by going directly to the blogger, making a comment on their blog, perhaps emailing them offline. And, and setting the record straight. That's not a reason in and of itself to have a blog. But my concern is, and we're still role-playing this here, mm -hmm. my concern is if I do that on their blog as a comment, I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily using that discussion as a gateway to introduce people to my own web presence. Whereas if I had a blog and I could make the response on my blog and link to their comment rather than you know, com and, and link to their post rather than posting a comment, wouldn't that be a better way to, to bring that discussion into my web presence? 
It might or it might not. I mean, it really depends. If you're going to blog, you need to have a niche that you're going to blog in. You need to be able to sustain what basically is daily journalism. You need to enjoy writing. You need to have the wherewithal to, you know, take a few hits here and there. You you can't be thin-skinned. Um, you know, just getting your message out is not a reason to blog. You can do that on your website. I, 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 I haven't heard your reason for blogging yet. Well, I'll, I'll restate it then. Um, my, cons my concern, I think the concern of, of a lot of clients today who would love to tip their toe in the water but are reticent to do it because they're so used to a command and control style of marketing and management is that discussions are underway that they're not participating in that are damaging their reputations and influencing perceptions and they would like to be able to participate in those discussions with their point of view so that they can either better educate and inform the marketplace uh, protect their reputation and neutralize uh, uh, misleading information frankly I think the best way to do that is to you know, go directly to whoever it is just saying the thing that's bothering you. I mean, if there's a huge amount of misinformation out there about your company, you need to look at your company and see why it's so badly perceived. There may be something you need to change. Bloggers might have a point. I mean, I, I, I don't think that just wanting to get your message out is enough of a reason to blog. I think having something to offer through, for example, okay, McDonald's just started this social responsibility blog, and and McDonald's is certainly very big on controlling messages. And um, right now they have uh, something on there that says that it's a blog, but there's only one post on it. And as a vegetarian, frankly, I'm sickened by it because it's about how they kill the cows and the pigs that they use, and and you know the humane methods that they they do, which is, I believe, a stun gun to the head, uh, you know, to kill the pigs and the cows, and and how you know they could do it in a much worse way, and and the message was done ten days ago, and it's time, you know, if it's going to be a blog. It needs to be frequently updated. And if they're only going to update it once a week, then they should say, we're going to update it once a week, and then they should do that. So, you know, they want to get their message across, but is that all they want to say? We kill pigs and cows in a nice way? I mean, if it's a blog, you need to have a plan. You need to know how you're going to sustain this. It's not just getting your message out. Do you think, I, I'm not um, sure if I'm being clear. No, but. sure you are. Do you think inside of the corporation, do you think that the blog has to be written from by an individual inside of a company if it's a corporate blog, or could it be outsourced? Um, well, certainly blogs are being outsourced, but I would rather, I don't think the CEO has to be the blogger. I would rather see what IBM and Microsoft and Sun are doing where, you know, there's thousands of people within the company who blog about their narrow areas of expertise. I, I think that that, in terms of strengthening customer relationships, is a stronger way than having some bullshit PR message from the CEO that really ought to be saved for the annual report. And for that organization that wanted to take that tack, but didn't necessarily have the experience and wanted to get an education so that they were better uh, prepared to, to proceed, how, how, how could you help them? How could you prepare them? What, what should they read? What should they, what should they be looking at? I mean, what are the signs they should be following? 
Uh, it's not something I can answer in the time that we have, but um, the first thing they should do is read blogs. You know, go and look at a blog that, um, look at my blog, look at the blog roll in my blog and read 50 of those blogs every day for a month and find out what bloggers are writing about and see how you might enter the conversation and, and where you might you know, be able to add relevance to the ongoing conversation. There has been some discussion uh, about whether or not uh, having comments on or having comments moderated or having comments with uh, email um, authentication uh, is the right way to go. Do you have a, a, a position on this, uh, helping a client make the right choice? I believe that there should be um, email authentication and I'm not so sure that it's a good idea to accept comments from uh, Hotmail or, um, you know, accounts that can't be documented. But I, I, do think, I do think that comments have to be moderated. There's a huge amount of comment spam and, you know, that's, that's a reality. You run all that on the blog and you start to, you know, deteriorate. Were you surprised by the Washington Post's uh, decision to remove the blog as a result of all the uh, um, vul vulgar uh, posts that they were getting? I thought they should have been moderating for things, you know, I, I, I think that the whole thing was ill-conceived and, and apparently it's back. Huh. I mean, what, what, if anything, does it tell us about the challenges uh, traditional media companies face when they try to participate in conversations rather than, you know, deliver monologues? Um, <laughs> again, this is time-consuming, and, and, you know, you really have to set policies for what's acceptable in the comments. I mean, I, I will not, on my blog, I will not accept anything that I wouldn't accept in my living room. If you're, you know, uh, can't be civil, then please go somewhere else. And, and that's up to me. And, and you know, IBM doesn't um, uh, moderate the comments on their blogs. And, um, you know, that, that gets to be a bit of a problem. Some of the major blogs have shut down comments because they just can't keep up with the volume. So, you know, they, it, it's, it's hard, to, uh, hard to have an answer for that. Uh, I, I am not so overwhelmed with comments that I can't look at them all, but, you know, look at um, Huffington Post where they'll get, you know, 600 comments on one post. How do you keep up with that? I don't have an answer. Uh, I think it was Dave Weiner who had suggested um, uh, some time back that uh, why have comments on? Why not just have somebody uh, make their comment as a post on their blog and, and link? Trackbacks. Yeah, links and trackbacks. Tell us for those who don't know, what's a trackback? <laughs> that's a hard thing to explain. A trackback is something that's built into the software of movable type and uh, the better blog software, which does not include Blogger. And what that means is that if um, I write something on my blog and then you comment about it on your blog, you... Um, use a link that's called the trackback link and what you wrote on your blog shows up as a trackback on my blog. So the reason for that, the reason that people track back to uh, high traffic blogs is that if you have more traffic than me and I track back to something that you said, your audience automatically is going to get to see what I said. 
So I get the benefit of your bigger audience if I track back to you. It's an interesting part of the phenomenon. Now, you, in many ways, don't fit the stereotype of what someone who was not in the know would think would be a, a, a very popular blogger. I mean, you've got this blog. It's <laughs> one of the most popular blogs out there. I mean, you're not a you know computer geek. You know, you, you certainly have experience in uh, uh, conventional marketing and conventional PR. I mean, how did you get caught up in, in this whole business? And how did, it, how, did you, how did the road take you to where you are today? Well, first of all, I first saw blogs in 1999, but I have no geek gene, so I couldn't do it. I wanted to do it then. And I, it took me forever to find somebody who could help me because I really believe that just taking the software out of the box like a lot of people do and just setting up a blog is the wrong way to do it. I wanted the blog to look like my corporate identity. I wanted the blog, I wanted it to be clear that, that we all shared the same identity. And for that, I needed somebody who knew something about how to design blogs. So I didn't know how to use the software. But the, I became the moderator of this list called IPR. And IPR had about 15,000 subscribers. I and, was one of uh, them. I was yeah. one. And, and, um, you know, and, and so I'd been following blogs for a long time. And I started writing about blogging. And I was practically tarred and feathered by the PR community. Wow, we don't have time for this. You know, who needs this? And, and why are you writing about this? We're here to talk about PR. I mean, really, they just hated everything I said. And, and, <laughs> and then we um, decided to start to use sort of jerry-rigged blog software to create the newsletters and and um, so I was able to um, use it wasn't you know a blog in the in the um, traditional in the in the actual sense but it was using blog software to help create the daily newsletters and we started to allow comments in a much easier way for me to deal with them because that was such a big list and there was such a lot of feedback from it and um, so so then you know once I saw how much fun it was to work that way I just had to have it and, and so when uh, when that list fell apart um, thanks to uh, being bought and sold and all sorts of craziness that went on when when um, that list uh, stopped being viable for me to deal with I said I got a blog and so I just started my own blog finally and you know literally years after I, I wanted to do it but it took me that long to find somebody who could help me do it the way I wanted to and I and I, you know you, you have to understand that I've always published a newsletter since 1985 I've published a newsletter highly opinionated in every case I used to publish something called PR Inc and and then I published what's next online and you know now I publish what's next blog and I'm no longer doing my um, email newsletter what's next online because I'm just using the blog and I'm about to take down my website and and be only blog um, but because it the website's no longer representing what I do but anyway that's how I got into it and um, you know so I've, I've always been published in online and off in a variety of magazines I've written about internet trends since 19 you know as long as I've been online since 1995 and uh, it was just a natural evolution for me to be blogging and over the years I you know I have thousands of subscribers and um, they've stayed with me, and my subscription list has grown. And now I do a uh, newsletter whenever I feel like I have, you know, something that people want. People want news delivered in different ways, and so I, I deliver the posts from my blog 
to a list of several thousand people who subscribe to that newsletter. And so they either can get it in their email box where people still surprisingly want to get it, or they can read it on the blog, or they can read it in their feed. The point is to give people information every way they might want it. BL, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Eric. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.